0: Well, welcome to worship. Thank you for being here this morning. I'm Jim Sellers, Director of Traditional Worship here at Blaine Memorial, and we're delighted that you've chosen to be with us today. Whether you're here in the pews or at home online, we thank you for your presence. It does make a difference, and we appreciate that very much. If you happen to be a guest of ours, a very special welcome to you. Thank you for being with us. And I would call your attention, all of you, to the Connect, Grow, and Serve cards that you'll find there in the pew pockets or online on our homepage at blaineumc.org. Ask you to fill it out as it applies to you, especially if you're a guest, give us some information about you. We would appreciate that so we can stay connected to you and then let us know how we can help you grow and serve. And on the reverse side, there's a prayer request form also. You can fill that out and it can be dropped in the offering plate as it passes you later in the service. I would make one request, please write so we can read it. You laugh, but we get many every week that we have no clue who they're from. We cannot figure it out. Even by phone numbers, we can't read the numbers. So if you would be so gracious as to make that effort, pretend you're first grade, and uh, do that, we would appreciate it. Today we are wrapping up our series, The Walk, Five Essential Practices of the Christian Life. Hope that you've been able to join us over the past weeks, at least for some of that. And we will recap it for you and offer you a challenge this morning. If you haven't gotten one or if you need another one, we have these to-do lists available out in the narthex. It will remind you of the five essential practices and give you some room to keep some things going there that you need to take care of. So these are available to those of you in the pews today as you uh, leave, so appreciate that. Don't forget this Saturday, Trunk or Treat at 5 p.m. over in the Family Life Center parking lot. Remind all the kiddos, our children's ministry has been working very hard on this, and I know it's going to be a wonderful time, and we don't want them to miss out. So that's this Saturday, October 30th, 5 p.m., in the Family Life Center parking lot. Again, we are delighted to be together in worship with you today. Thank you for your presence, and I invite you now to take a moment and center your hearts and your minds and let our worship begin.
1: May those who love your salvation say continually, Great is the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to God with songs of praise.
2: We've explored a variety of the creeds that the Methodist Church has adopted over the years. And today we're returning to one that may be a little more familiar to this crowd. So as we join in affirming our faith using the Apostles' Creed number 881 in your hymn book this morning, I pray that we maybe see it with slightly different eyes after this stewardship walk we've been through together. I believe in God the Father Almighty. Maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was born of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead, Please be seated. Although I asked you to see the Apostles' Creed in a new way, I intended for us to speak it in the same way. Thank you for correcting me. Please join me in praying today's collect, which is found printed in your bulletin. O gracious God, we pray for your holy church universal that you would be pleased to fill it with all truth and all peace, where it is corrupt, purify it, where it is in error, direct it, where in anything it is amiss, reform it, where it is right, establish it, where it is in want, provide for it, where it is divided, reunited. For the sake of Him who died and rose again, and ever lives to make intercession for us. Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen. I invite you now to hear this reading from the first letter to John. And this is chapter 2, verses 1 through 6. And it reads. My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin, but if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous, and he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Now by this we may be sure that we know him, if we obey his commandments." Whoever says, I have come to know him, but does not obey his commandments, is a liar. And in such a person, the truth does not exist. But whoever obeys his word, truly in this person, the love of God has reached perfection. By this, we may be sure that we are in him. Whoever says, I abide in him, ought to walk just as he walked. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. you to pray with me ever faithful God we pray that you would hold us in your love and by your grace on this day as we set time apart to seek your presence in this blind community we ask that your blessing would be upon this church as we seek to make disciples and to make a difference your power. As the wheels of transition continue to turn here at our church and in society at large, we pray that you would restore in us the faith which has carried us to such great lengths thus far. Make us faithful so that we can serve you well. Remind us that in your great wisdom we have every reason to trust As we gather here, we pray that you also would make us mindful of those who stand in the midst of temptation and wickedness. Let us be their support and healing. We pray this morning for those missionaries being held captive in Haiti. We pray for their safe return home for spiritual healing. We pray for those nearby who are sick and suffering and grieving. We pray that your peace and comfort would find them. We pray that you would speak through us the words of divine life and health. As we seek to follow Christ in humble discipleship, we give thanks that you walk with us. We give thanks that We have a reason for faith in our Savior, Jesus Christ, who taught us to say as we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation,
1: Now this reading from 2nd Corinthians. We do not lose heart. Even though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. For the slight momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all measure. Because we look not at what can be seen, but at what cannot be seen. For what can be seen is temporary, but what cannot be seen is eternal. For we note that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this tent we groan, longing to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling. If indeed, when we have taken it off, we will not be found naked. For while we are still in this tent, we groan under our burden, because we wish not to be unclothed, but to be further clothed, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. He he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So we are always confident. Even though we know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord, For we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we do have confidence, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please Him. For all of us must appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each may receive recompense for what has been done in the body, whether good or evil. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. First Sunday of this month, Pastor J.T. and I went to his home church, a church I served for 15 years, to celebrate their sesquicentennial plus one. Their 150th anniversary with a COVID caveat. It was nice to see friends that we had not seen in two and a half years. We appreciate their warm welcome, they were kind, they made observations. I appreciated the way children appreciate adults who come by and say, my, how tall you've gotten, or wow, you really are getting old. I appreciate the way they observe that my hair is getting increasingly gray. (laughs) I decided not to observe what was increasing in their lives. What has increased for them, and for you, and me, and for any of us who have continued living is, wait for it, we are getting older. Our age is increasing. And while not everyone has crested the point where the Apostle Paul would tell us that our outer nature is wasting away, some of us have. And all of us are moving in that direction. So the Apostle Paul reminds us that this outer nature, as good and helpful as it is, is temporary. Not our primary nature. That our primary nature, our inner nature, is eternal. And God is renewing it day by day. God has any number of ways of renewing our inner nature, but some of the most reliable ways are the ones we've been talking about throughout this The Walk series, the series that we're finishing today. Today concludes The Walk, but I trust it does not conclude our walking with Jesus, because we want for one another an inner nature that is increasingly and continually being renewed. We we don't want to be found, as Paul warns, hollow, empty, when our outer nature is gone and we see what is left. These five essential Christian practices that we've been talking about the last five weeks, worshiping and praying, studying, serving, giving, sharing, are critical to making sure that we're not hollow when the outer nature is gone. They're the primary ways that we walk more closely with Jesus. Ways to keep our inner nature from wasting away. Ways to help us to abide with Jesus. Pastor J.T. read to us from the first letter of John and, and he said a challenging word. Whoever says, I abide in him, that is Jesus, ought to walk just as he walked. Which we know is not about the physical act of walking, but about how we engage God and how we engage the world. To walk as Jesus walked is to seek God's will, something we discover through our relationship with Jesus, and something that we understand more clearly through these five essential Christian practices. Of course, we hear that challenging phrase, to walk just as Jesus walked. And I don't know about you, but I've become intimidated. And I imagine it and become exhausted. We're sure that we cannot walk just as Jesus walked. And that as we try, we will grow weary along the way. We have to believe Isaiah, when he shares God's message, those who wait for the Lord will renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. weary. They shall walk and not faint. And even as we believe that, we recognize that in our lives, there are times when we have run and have grown weary. We have walked and when we have felt faint. We recognize that we need training to do better. Only an unwise or severely threatened person runs a full marathon without having trained for it. I ran a marathon one time. And as I did, I realized that the 26.2 miles in that day, as impressive as that is, were not nearly as impressive as the 500 miles that were run before the start of the marathon that made it possible for me to complete it. It was the effort put in before the start that made finishing possible. If we want to walk like Jesus and not grow faint in the process, we need to continue our training to keep doing the practices of the Christian faith. And so whether you shelve this book, Or give it to someone or return it to the church. I don't want you to shelve the ideas. These ideas are what will help us to walk more closely with Jesus. They're what will help us to be more faithful disciples of his And and really that is what all of this has been about. I know that sometimes we've referred to this past five weeks as a stewardship series, and sometimes we refer to it as a discipleship series. And what I want you to hear is that it has been both because those are hand in hand. Those work hand in glove. In the church, a stewardship series isn't about a fundraising campaign. It's meant to be a discipleship raising experience. If all we needed was your money, We do, as some congregations do, and send you an assessment. Dear friends, you're part of a community of faith that has determined that these are the ministries that are our priorities for the year that is to come. Here is your family's portion of the costs. You can remit the full payment by the end of next year. Have a nice day. You're going to get a letter, hopefully this week, but it is not going to include an assessment. Instead, it will remind you of the faithful ministry that Blaine Memorial United Methodist Church has offered and plans to offer. And we'll give you some guidance as you sort out your place in all of that. Perhaps you will see in the brochure a challenge as you look at the steps that people are taking and their contributions and consider how you might step up when you see the little man on the ladder. We're going to give you time to consider that. We we will not have our commitment to Sunday until three weeks from now, November 14th, when we'll come forward or we'll mail in our commitment, our estimate of giving for the year to come. We've given you time because we want you to review your anticipated financial situation, not just for the sake of the church, but for the sake of your own lives. We want you to consider holistically what you think your year ahead may hold, And in the process, how you would be faithful with God's tithes and your offerings in the midst of all that. We think it's good for you, and we think it's good for the church that people take time every year to consider all of that. We hope that the time you put into it will be more than a financial exercise. We want it to be an act of walking by faith, a discipleship endeavor. One of the practices that help your inner nature... To be renewed. We want for you, for us, for all of us, to walk by faith, not by sight. That's the Apostle Paul's language there in Second Corinthians. He's someone who knows that our eyes may grow dim throughout life. Someone who understands that we may think we see something clearly, but actually may be looking at illusion. He understands that our faith, if it is our guide, will lead us down the paths that we are meant to go, in the right direction, especially if we are grounded and wanting to please God. So he knows, you know, we know, that we will not know exactly what is to come in the year ahead. None of us can. None of us have sight enough to know exactly what the year ahead may hold. We're forced to trust. To trust God to be with us, to provide for us, to guide us. We're forced to walk by faith. And we're invited to walk together. Another reason discipleship and stewardship go hand in hand is that when we are faithful disciples, we are good stewards. And we are, when we are good stewards, we are helping to provide for faithful discipleship. We don't know all that is ahead of us. But building on our past, we are preparing for a future where the church will continue to provide opportunities for people to grow and begin or follow through in their discipleship, helping us to restore this inner nature. We do that a number of ways. This church worships and prays well. We have four services every Sunday morning. And if you can't get to one in person, then we offer the opportunity for people to gather with us and worship online. We're thrilled to tell you that since going red, yellow, green, in our worship opportunities last May, our upward trend has continued in worship attendance, rising from an average of 581 persons in person in May to 699 persons in person in September. And if you add in the online average worship attendance of 698 people across those same months, our weekly average worship attendance is 1,319 persons every Sunday. That is something to celebrate. And it includes people like you and me who get to enjoy the benefit of gathering in such a beautiful space those who also enjoy gathering in the harbor. What we get to have the fellowship of gathering with people right around us, getting to know those who sit in our area and beyond, blending our voices in God's praise, growing relationships, hearing live the beautiful choir and the band in the harbor. We get the benefit of all of that. It also includes persons from 19 states and nine countries who have joined us for worship online these months some of whom are not physically capable of coming in person, and some of whom are in different situations in their life where they just right now don't feel it's right for them to come in person for any number of reasons. But they are gathered with us, ready to worship and connect with us in digital ways, and we are grateful that they are joining us for worship in those ways, whatever ways we can. We worship well as a church family. We pray well, too. There are beautiful spaces here, indoors and outdoors, where we can pray and contemplate and, and reflect and, and be with God. Beautiful spaces for that. There are people who gather in every time for meetings and, and for events, and, and we start those off with prayer, we end those with prayer, we, we cover those with prayer. There are persons who have committed themselves to be very diligent about praying for the life of this church. And so when there are requests like the prayer cards offer or, or others that come to us, they will, they will pray for those things, pray over those things as a church family. We're a congregation that prays for one another and we're a congregation that prays with one another. We study together too. Sunday school classes, growth groups, Bible studies, ministries of all ages have been formed around studying the Bible and learning the Christian faith. Since this summer, we have resumed the Raleigh Hannah breakfasts, the senior luncheons, the gatherings on Wednesday nights, weekly youth youth groups, which have included Wednesday morning devotional and prayer times children's activities, United Methodist Men and Women gatherings, weekly Bible studies, all of which have a devotional and study component to them. And those join man-to-man and other groups that never pause during the pandemic, working out how to do it in those, those difficult times. We study together. We serve. Our service to God and to neighbor continues to grow. There are around 200 children being served by the Backpack Mission right now. 200 children who otherwise would not have sufficient food for their weekends when they're not in school. During the pandemic, we added a mission trip to Redbird area of Appalachians in Kentucky. We we created a, a thing called blame bills where we were able to take people across the Waccamaw River to Sandy Island and repair homes over there. Ramps have continued to be built for those who have mobility issues. We'll soon launch our shoebox ministry and we'll soon have our angel tree up. Things that never stopped, we had those last year as well. Just this month, over $27,000 was raised for our neighbors in critical need through the Fall Harvest Festival and barbecue. Blaine Memorial Church and friends have recognized that there is need in our community and have done things to help serve our neighbors. We serve our community. We also serve one another. The C3 calling ministry was a reminder that we matter to one another, that that how each other are doing is important to us, and we reach out. We stay connected to show that our love and support remains whatever is going on in the life we share. The Nurture team and Stephen Ministries members continue to, to do this on a very frequent basis, showing tangible signs of God's love and their love For people with difficult situations in their lives, or people who are simply lonely and need attention. The relationships that are formed here lead to kind acts of service among the congregation and beyond it, kind acts in Jesus' name. And what we do here, we do in Jesus' name. All of these things that I've named and so many more are means of sharing the love of Christ. We do it in word, in deed, in song, and in symbol. The countless number of people who are drawn to this beautiful inlet to see signs of God's creative power are met by an impressive cross, a visual reminder to them that while God's power to create is impressive, God's power to redeem is so too. That God reaches out to save us from sin and death, and also reaches out to save us for life worth living. Every time they come to see that beautiful area, they also see that beautiful cross a reminder of who we serve and who they're invited to love. All of that is so, and so much more is made possible because of God's graciousness in our lives and because of you and people like you. Who have chosen to give your time, your talent, and your treasure. Giving these resources that God has generously placed into your care allows you to be part of great things that are happening in and through this church. And so as we do, what we are doing is demonstrating that while no one can know exactly what the future holds, we can by our commitment Commitment to God and commitment to this church show that we know who will bring us through whatever it is the future holds. That we trust that the God who has always provided for us always will. Our stewardship this year, our theme aligns perfectly with a discipleship theme. When we walk with Jesus, we walk by faith. And our experience with this church, which I am so grateful to be part of, is that when we give, great things happen. Thank you for your generosity. And thanks be to God for the good of this happening in and through
2: this church. Amen. As our church year winds down towards the end with the close of stewardship, our staff and and the pastors alike have been tasked with making reports for our upcoming CHARGE conference on what's happened to Blaine this year. And what I approached thinking it would be just a, a bureaucratic process that I had to go through for the conference turned out to be a gift. As I traveled back in time, starting with last year's Advent and Luminary Walk, a worship experience for Christmas, unlike many I've attended. Moving from there to, to Easter, where for the first time in over a year, we heard voices joined together, singing about the resurrection of Jesus Christ, outdoor basketball, blame bills. It was excitement in that writing process, and As I crafted words and sentences and painted a picture of this past year, it was moving and emotional. Sometimes, step by step, it's hard to see the progress we're making, but when we take the time and turn around to see where we came from, it's clear that God continues to bless this church. God continues to bless us in ways that we do not and cannot deserve. So as we continue the journey and hold our faith so as not to grow weary, I invite the ushers to come forward to collect God's tithes and add our offerings. Mm -hmm. join me in praying the prayer of thanksgiving, print in your Mm bullets. Almighty and most merciful God, from you comes every good and perfect gift. We give you praise and thanks for all your mercies. Your goodness has created us. Your bounty has sustained us. Your discipline has chastened us. Your patience has borne with us. Your love has redeemed us. Give us a heart of love and serve you and enable us to show our thankfulness for all your goodness and mercy and cheerfully submitting in all things to your blessed will. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen.
1: spirits, continue to move in the direction that God calls us. Continue to give attention to the practices of the faith that will keep your inner spirit shining. Continue to live in light of the grace and peace of Jesus Christ, now and always. Amen.